these two giant balloons. They were ridiculous right. sized boobs and put them in. I put on like smeared giant red lipstick on it. Looked ridiculous, but funny as hell. Yeah. Who played me? What was that guy's name? Oh. I don't remember what because it was MTV, so it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Lenny. Maybe it was uh, Adam Sandler because no, Sandler was no, on no, MTV it for a while. It was um, like, oh, he used to do you all the time, too. Oh, I know who you mean. Time. Elon uh, Gold? Elon Gold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, okay, Mike, thanks. Love you, Howard. Love your album. Love, Love you. I'll take one or two more calls. I'll take a break, and then i got like a lot to get to. And also, Chelsea Handler's going to stop by. She's got a, a special she's promoting, and uh, we'll check in with her. Scott, go ahead in Indiana. Hey now, Howard. I was just wondering if Ronnie hey was planning on taking Dudley with him to Las Vegas when he moves there, or is he yes, going to leave the... Dudley behind like the rest of you? Yeah, he. <laughs> if, when he moves to Vegas, he's going to exhume the body and uh, take it down to Vegas, I think, with him. I think that's the plan. Hey, Ronnie, what are you going to do? You going to leave Dudley plan? when you go to Vegas? Uh, yeah, probably. Wow. Well, you're not going to dig him up, are you? No, we're not, we're, not dig, we're not digging him up. Yeah, but what are you no. going to do? How are you going to visit his grave? Well, when, I, when I come to New York, I'll go, I'll, you know. I'll you're not coming come to New visit. York. Yeah, I'll come and visit. Ronnie, family. you said yeah, he I'll was part visit. of the family. Yeah, but he's, listen, he, he's in a nice, safe place now. It's fine. Okay, calm well, down. All right. Okay. But what if I'm you take Gracie to Vegas? You're going to bring Gracie back to Barry? Yeah. Yeah, we'll bring her back. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. So Gracie right. and Dudley are going to be separated. No, they won't be separated because we'll bring her. We'll bring her back when her time comes. We'll bring her back, and uh, she'll be put in with him. Let me ask you something, and maybe okay. you think this is crazy, but will you go to Dudley's grave and tell him you're leaving to go to Vegas? Say goodbye. I might. That's a good question. Will you say goodbye to him? I might. might. <laughs> yeah, I might. Can we that. tape that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll leave you alone on that. Uh, let, oh, Ronnie Puppet wants to make a statement. Dudley, about Dudley, I have bad news. I will be leaving you now. I will be going 3,000 miles away to a dirt lot in Vegas. <laughs> However, the good news <laughs> is when I want to remember you, I will fuck myself in the ass with a milk bone. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, one more question in Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Hey, I have a question for Fred. I was wondering if he finds it difficult to dumb down his intelligence to be the Ronnie puppet. Oh, that's insulting. But uh, Fred, nevertheless, I, uh, do you... I don't dumb it down at all. I find Ronnie has his own type of intelligence, and I try to tap into that. I love Ronnie. What about I when you do the Ronnie, Ronnie sets tips? They're the best. They're the best. Right. All right. Okay. And that so really could... takes creativity. That's right. All right. Ronnie, uh, congratulations to you. You're moving to Vegas. You've, uh, you're getting a house. You're. I just think about uh, who's transporting Gracie, Gracie's body back to New York. Ronnie, what do you will. mean? What do are you, mean? you putting her in the car? In a no, car? no, no. What no, are you doing? Fl- you put her in like a, I guess like a little yeah. coffin thing and you put her on the plane. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. A little coffin and you put her yeah. on the plane. <laughs> It's yeah, like a NASCAR fly. plane. No, we'll, we'll Is he fly in the back. overhead? Yeah. No, no, we'll fly back. And, and... Excuse me. Contents may have shifted during the uh, flight. <laughs> Be no, careful. Still no, it is. Where can like, I put like, Dudley? No, like FedEx crazy. or something does that. The FedEx, the cat? To, You're gonna uh... No, dog, not cat. No, the dog. I mean. The dog. The right, dog. All right. Yeah. We'll figure and, it out. We'll figure it out when the time comes, okay? Yeah. All right. What about I'm the dead gecko? Where is he going? He's going to go oh, to he, Vegas. Yeah, well, they're in, they're in urns, so they're, they're, right. they're going. Right. The cat He's getting and, tossed. And, and uh, the gecko are going. All right. What Walter. do you want, King? I talked to you already. I know, because I want to ask you your opinion on something that happened. I, I right. got suspended from Twitter. Can you hear me? Yeah. Thank God. Is this better? <laughs> Is this better? I said I could hear you. Nothing was wrong. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta get out of here. How many shows are left? How many shows are left? I mean, seriously. Marianne could tell us. I don't. Uh, I got to check in with Marianne. She'll tell me how many shows are left. I just had a simple question. That's all. All right. Well, just get it out. Okay. All right. 
I got suspended from Twitter for <laughs> saying the word nigga. N I G G A. But that's I mean, that's not right. That's that's I don't think that's fair. People say worse than that, and they still on Twitter. Well, first of all, well, take it up with Twitter. Why are you calling us? Well, first of all, no, I'm asking your opinion. My opinion is this. I don't run Twitter, but I can imagine with all the maniacs on there, it's a horrible job actually trying to censor and pick up things. So what they probably do, because there's so many people on it, they have computers that pick up hate speech. They don't know if you're a black guy, white guy. They don't know the, uh, you know, they, they hear the N-word, whether it's with an A or an oh. E-R, and they just go, fuck this guy, oh. and they, they suspend you. That's it. It's hate speech. Oh, 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 oh I get it. I get it. I, I thought yeah. somebody was just like it because I was black. But let me, um, so can I, can I, can I, can I promote oh, my uh, cameo? All right. Thank you. What? He wanted to promote his cameo. He, oh. he has a cameo. There you go. There oh, you go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my opinion on that is that he's probably not giving us the full story either. Who the fuck knows what he? Well, tweeted. that's why I said you ought to take it up with Twitter. It doesn't no. matter what we think. I don't own Twitter. Who cares? <laughs> and Twitter has their rules, and they abide by them. You know, you're using a service that belongs to somebody else. Right. What is it, Scott? Hi. Good morning. Thank you for Howard, calling. I'd like to know why. Howard. Yes. I'd like to know why you're so damn condescending to your callers. Why am I condescending to my callers? What do you mean? Who's condescending? Yeah, two callers ago, a gentleman, wait a minute, a gentleman called in, was trying to get your attention, and you were condescending towards him. He actually had to say, hold on, or come on, Howard. Who? I mean, these are your listeners who are calling you I'm 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 listening Listen, to you, but listening? give me an example. What? How was I condescending to him? What did I do? You were condescending by not giving him your time. It was not everybody's like that interesting. To take his phone call. I take the phone well, call. I hear what. Call. Then hang it up. Listen, you're being a bit of an asshole. I'm doing a radio show, not no, just for I one am person. Not being an asshole. You're being condescending to your listeners. So so then don't listen. What can I tell you? Well, I, I'm a listener for 30 years. Well, then then that's it. But this is, this is what mind. I'm doing. I'm doing a public service here. I'm not going to sit and leave somebody on if they're being dopey. But that wasn't it, being dopey. It was making a point about Le Chappelle. Well, you mean Mike from Maine? Yeah, I spoke to him. I, he said to me, what do you think of Chappelle? Cut, I gave you him. A, you did not calm down until what? he started. I gave him a thoughtful answer. Oh, you're very kind of Oh, all right, so Scott. Listen, do me answered, a favor, Scott. I got twelve more shows. I got twelve more shows. Don't listen to them, will you, Scott? Yeah, you're a big pain in my ass. Honestly, you, you, you got it, Howard. Thank you. Go ahead. Goodbye. Oh fucker, raining on my parade. I thought I was very thoughtful to Mike from Maine. What am I going to do? Sit on the phone with him all day? It's a quick kind of interaction. It's not. I'm not looking to be polite here. I'm running a radio show. Someone's got to be in charge. I would like people to be a little more precise with their language. You aren't condescending to your listeners. He had a complaint about how you were with Mike. That's one listener. And let's be honest. A lot of you who call in are assholes. And I got to sit here and be the sheriff. You all, just like I said, Chappelle dances with the audience and he knows, you know, hey, that didn't land so well. Let me go over here. Let me do this. I can always keep this audience. That's what you do with phone callers. You know what people want to hear and whether something's going to be interesting and you manage it. You try making something interesting out of some of these calls. Walk in my shoes for five minutes. It's funny to to listen to you handle the audience. I mean, my God. My job's to entertain, not to worry about people's feelings. Don't call in if you've got feelings. I'm wrong with you. You Dopey guy in Ohio sitting in. And because he put in 30 years, you're supposed to change for him. (laughs) I've been listening 30 years. Now you're being condescending. No, no, knock it off. Matter with, with this guy sitting and wondering what I'm up to. I don't even know what I'm up to. Just listen to it. If, if, if it annoys you, then tune out.
Yeah. What am I going to do? Beg you to listen? I'm not no, running he, a, he can't a, stop listening because he's got yeah. 30 years in. I'm not running for <laughs> office here. I'm not looking to win friends. <laughs> it's just right. like a, a marriage. Look, you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break. And uh, then we're going to come back. I've got a bunch of things to share with you. And uh, and also uh, Chelsea will be in. And, 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 and that'll be it. We'll be back right after this. I came in like a wrecking ball. Miley sang this on our show. 2017, she, uh, she told me she thinks about her dog that passed away when she's singing the song. Which shocked me. Because I. Also, I think she was telling us that, I hope I have this right, a ton of producers originally passed on this song. It was a big hit for her. People never know. Remember, I said, last night I was listening to uh, The Stones a lot, Give Me Shelter. And I was talking about the. Um, I was talking about when the woman stole. See if I can find that part. I was. That woman singing in the background is Mary Clayton. Mary Clayton. I think her name is Mary. Mary Clayton. She had a pretty interesting story. I think this story was John High knows it better than I do, but. Her name was Mary Clayton, right? The woman who sang on Gimme Shelter? Yes, Mary Clayton. And wasn't was the story, I. stop me when I get it wrong, but wasn't the story that the Stones needed someone to sing back up on that? And like, I don't know why, but they didn't have it. It was like two in the morning or something, and they needed her right away. Like they, they just needed her there. Uh, I guess they were on fire creatively and. So whoever knew this, Mary Clayton, called her up and said, come on over and sing. So she was half asleep, was in her jammies still or something, right? She wasn't even dressed, really. And uh, went in the studio and saw these guys there. She didn't know who the Rolling Stones were. She didn't know anything. She was just kind of standing around. And uh, also the story goes she was pregnant at the time. And so the Stones had her sing the song. How many times did they have her sing it, like the the actual Apparently she did, she did three takes and, three takes. uh, she was pregnant. Like you said, got called in the middle of the night. She didn't know who they were. She shows up to the studio in her pajamas with curlers in her hair. And the stones were thinking, Oh, what if we had a woman sing this part? Like they were just messing with it. And she came in and she just blew them away. And, uh, right. there's an isolated track out there. You can hear her voice actually cracks. As she's doing the, you know, rape murder stuff after they explain to her why she's singing rape murder. And then so she does it in a couple takes. Everyone's amazed. And then after she left the studio and got home, she lost her baby. She she miscarried. As a result of that performance, apparently. So if because she was like singing so hard, she lost the baby. Who knows? You, I, mean, I mean, I never heard of that. Uh, well, that's the story she tells and others have told. And if you, I mean, you listen to how she sings that vocal. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's, I have that it's, ISO track here. So if a woman gets pregnant, and she wants to lose the baby. She you just got to sing that, and uh, that'll that'll. Who needs an abortion out. clinic? Yeah. That's what I'm uh, saying. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I'm glad Robin's <laughs> That's not what pregnant. I was doing. She can really belt it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> whoa! <laughs> you just lost twins, honey. <laughs>
story, though. I mean, not losing the baby, but I mean, great story. Like she just kind of didn't even know who they were. And yeah, uh, I mean, she she also Howard sang. She sings back "Sweet Home Alabama." That's Mary Clayton on hmm. Joe Cocker's "Feeling All Right." That's Mary, Mary Clayton. Like, she's on a bunch of stuff. She's really amazing. And just uh, I think five or six years ago, she was in a car accident, a horrible car accident, hmm. and she had both of her legs amputated. Jeez. Oh, um, so she's had some real tough luck in, in her life. But and she's she still a, alive. Yes. She's 71 wow. years old. And she's a Baptist minister's daughter and was raised a gospel singer, which is why she's got those pipes. It's weird because I was watching a clip of the Stones singing this song. And I wonder who the woman was. I don't know if it was Mary Clayton or not. But there was a woman on stage with them singing. And it was such a good performance. This woman was on fire, but I don't know who it was. You know, but an amazing story, Mary Clayton. Yeah, she was featured in that um, documentary, 25 Feet from Stardom, uh, which yeah, is all about backup one. singers. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't know she lost her legs. We should send her I a fruit either. basket or something. What do you send someone who's had tough times like that? That's awful. Um, So I guess when... That song became popular, I guess, like Leonard Skinner and Joe Cocker and stuff wanted to use her, or they use her before that song came out. Uh, I don't know the time frame. She had worked yeah. with a whole bunch of people her entire career. She was the go, like one of the go-to singers when it came to backing vocals. And and again, like Robin said, in that documentary, it talks about her a lot and what how she just makes that song. And she's duetting with, you know what I mean? Like it's an actual. Yeah. And I know in the clip you saw, it's an actual duet. It's not like. She's thrown in a couple lines here and there. When they recorded it, was she, she was standing there with uh, Jagger actually trading lines, or did he just lay his stuff in later? No, no, she was in a booth. They were all watching, and she again, she's got her, you know, her hair pulled back. She's in, I think she's wearing a mink coat as well. Her curlers in her hair, <laughs> her pajamas, and she said she could see them like all just like going crazy because they knew they had something great. Right. And they're like, you know, she's like, do you need me to do it again? They're like, just, you know, maybe one more. And she's like, all right, I'm going to leave it all on on the ground. And she just belted it out. And that was it. She left. Did she ever have a hit song on her own? She did a few solo, like she did three solo albums. I think her first album was called Gimme Shelter or something like Or she, I know she did a cover of it. But no, she never broke through as a uh, as a featured artist. She was just a right. go-to backup singer. And Gary thinks he found the video that I was uh, talking about. Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter with Lisa Fisher singing. Is Lisa Fisher white or black? Because <clears throat> the woman I saw was black. Never mind. Thank you. There you go. I didn't mean to do a show on it. I wanted to read you some of the fan feedback. Yesterday, Robin, you and I spent a lot of time on They Call Me Baba Booey, the 10th anniversary of yes. Gary's book. I thought about that all day. Wow. Yeah. Um, yes, list. the listeners the <laughs> listeners love hearing about Gary's book. They love hearing <laughs> us talk about his audio book. Uh, please, Howard, more commentary on Gary's book and lists. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Both of my kids were late for school because I couldn't concentrate on getting them ready. <laughs> Howard, I will keep on blowing my money on Gary's book of lists if you keep on goofing on them. It's superb radio. <laughs> uh, as much as I lists. <laughs> as much as I enjoy Gary's lists, I enjoy Howard making fun of them even more. I particularly enjoyed his jukebox list and the horrible story telling songs of the 70s. As Gary would say, both lists really hold up. <laughs> you know, you never know what the fans are going to say in the uh, in the fan mail. Like sometimes I get letters like, Howard, you're such a prick to Gary. Uh -huh. You and Robin are scumbags. <laughs> you sit there and you make fun of Gary's book. And uh, you're not funny. And, you, you know, poor Gary, he's so loyal to you. You never know, you know. Right. You never know. I have a list, Robin. I have a list of the top ten times you were shitty to me. <laughs> um, I got a lot of lists. Gary's <laughs> list of must-have jukebox songs even inspired a new song, believe it or not. Oh. This is a song about Gary and his lists. 
All my life, I've always been enamored of jukeboxes and play the little 45s, and I love them. Holy shit, it just sounds better. That I found a wonderful 1951 Rockola jukebox that I put in my man kit. Ooh, he's got a jukebox, he loves listening to it. Mm -hmm. He plays his favorite songs, and then he makes a dumb list. That's my dream. And he writes them all day. These aren't necessarily my favorite songs. Those stupid lists are so lame. It just sounds great on a jukebox. Mac and I be my baby. Don't stop believing my way by Frank Sinatra. I'm sure you've got your own list. <laughs> yeah, Gary became a list guy for a while. I don't know. I yeah, think he, yeah. Around the time of that book, he was really into lists. <laughs> and I don't I was, know. I've been into lists my whole life. Yeah. Oh my God. I got tape of Gary. I forgot about this. I have the origin story of how Gary got into lists. This is from oh, his yeah? book. And I was listening to this last night, and this is insane. This is just, this is such a waste. This is like Gary just wasting more time. You got to hear this origin story. It is really remarkable. Uh, here he is from his classic book, They Call Me Baba Huhai, Gary Delabishi. Every year during the last two weeks of the year, WABC would do a top 100 countdown, only it would play the songs all out of order. The DJ would play number 50, then number 72. That was the hook to make you listen. You could send in a self-addressed stamped envelope when the two weeks were up if you wanted the whole list in order. But in the Chevy Impala, on the way to that vacation in 1970, the year the Carpenters Close to You became a massive hit, Stephen showed me a different way to keep track. He bought a composition notebook, and before we left the house, listed the numbers 1 to 100 in the margins of the first few pages. For the next two and a half hours, we listened to WABC, intently filling in all the songs as we went along. We never finished it. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't a Capra movie. But it did teach what? me new ways to obsess over music. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to begin with that. Hey, Gary, you, <laughs> you should leave for this because I'm going to go off. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't, I, 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 you're I, I, nice. I, I, I love I, you. I'm, I'm sorry, but I just don't get it. All right. Take care. Don't listen to the next 10 minutes of the show. He, he would be in a car listening to the radio, writing down. WABC. I used to listen to WC. If you wanted to list. They would mail it to you. They'd give it to you, yeah. They would give you the list. <laughs> he sat in a car for two and a half hours writing his own list. List. What is with the... Who would do that? It's like... It's an who incredible... would even send in for the list? It's so stupid. I mean, <laughs> you don't run a radio show. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Learn the guitar. Learn to play piano. <laughs> he learned to write numbers on the side of the composition notebook. And who, what is the name of the guy who taught him that? I was just going to say, who the hell went along with this with him? And, and, and he acts like he got taught, like, how to play chess or something. He's like, you're not going to believe this. This guy figured out how I should, Stephen told me how to make lists. What's the, let me, what's the guy's name again? I don't Every know. Every year during the last two weeks of the year, WABC would do a top 100 countdown, only it would play the songs all out of order. The DJ would play number 50, then number 72. That was the hook to make you listen. You could send in a self-addressed stamped envelope when the two weeks were up if you wanted the whole list in order. But in the Chevy Impala, on the way to that vacation in 1970, the year the Carpenters Close to You became a massive hit, Stephen showed me a different way to keep track. Stephen? Stephen? Who is Stephen? My Maybe brother. Brother's, your brother, right? Oh, your brother. Yeah. Your brother this figured genius is what I was going to say. You know, you know, Gary's brother must have hated him because he said, what can I do to this little fucker to waste, waste more of his life? Hey, maybe it was a way to shut me up now that you're saying it. What do I know? We're going to call for three hours. Uh, the entire family's got lists of uh, WAB. Gary, just wait for the list to come out if you're really that curious. I didn't want to wait. I didn't, yeah. But you sent it in. They wouldn't send it to you till after January 1st. I, I needed to know. You, you needed to know. Oh, why? Why? What <laughs> I don't the know. Urgency? What were you needing this information for? I, oh, I guarantee know. you, this Stephen was goofing on him worse than we do. <laughs> and then when you were done with the list, what would you do with it? I'd just go in a drawer. It never got finished. As I said, it never got finished. Did you send away for the actual list no. of all the top yes. songs? Yeah, oh, we, you did. No, we did. You send away did? For the list. Yeah. Would you glue the list into your book of no. lists? No. <laughs> In other words, you had the the loose leaf book. Would you right. would you every year take out the same loose leaf book to make your lists or was it just for that one year? 
No, I mean, I mean, I did it for several years. I don't know that it was the same book, but it was not one year. Why not buy one book? They didn't even keep these things, Howard. They meant nothing right. to him. Well, and, they meant and, enough for me to put it in a book, Robin. Would you? <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Would you compare your list to the printed out list that you got from yes. WABC? Yes, did you sometimes find I would. That you had, did you have errors or were you pretty no, I did accurate? No, right. pretty accurate. Yeah, but I would. You're right. I would compare it. I just have a feeling Gary was a very talkative, annoying kid. And his brother said, how can I shut this fucker up? I got to be in this and car for three hours. Yeah, I have you know? I have a different theory. I have a different theory. When he's writing his list, he's not talking. <laughs> my, 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 and I'm not like this. I'm not trying to be sad. My life was chaos. Right. So I believe these lists were a way for me to have some sort of order in my life. I really no, do. No, it was no. a structure that I could deal with because there was no structure and no order. But what a thing, like, you know, I'm, you know, when you watch Queen's Gambit, this little girl's life is in chaos, chaos, and she decides to learn how to play chess and becomes well, a chess a master and makes money. Gary's life Gary is chaos. Gary wrote lists. Lists. He goes, I, I'm going to make a list of the radio, the, the, the top 100 of the year. And look where it landed me. What a colossal waste of time. <laughs> I don't think so. What about like grocery lists? Are you good with those or is a uh... Is there a top 10 grocery list? <laughs> I just whatever Mary writes down I take. Yeah. I'm just oh, I'm just a, on our phone is Gary audiobook. He has his top 10 shout out list. Let's go. Ooh. Hi Gary. God, there's been so many of them and uh I love them all. Number 10. David Letterman's top 10 list that shows up a bunch of times. Every once in a while Letterman will randomly insert Baba Booey into his top 10 list. It's always a little funnier when Dave says it. Number nine, Dan Patrick on ESPN Sports Center. In 2003, the Cubs were five outs from going to the World Series when a fan named Steve Artman interfered with a foul ball that would have been caught. They went on to lose the game, extending their World Series drought. So this on is Sports a list Center, of all the people who mentioned Baba Booey. Yes. All right. Very good. I'm going to hang up on that. Wow. What do you think is your best list of all time? Of all time? Yeah. I don't know. I, my I like my concert list. I like that list. My favorite. I think like my favorite Baba Booey shout outs are like the Tracy Morgan ones on Thirty Rock, a Family right. Guy one. That's a fun list mm, for me. Good for you. Fun right. list. Well, there you go. The fans like it, and uh, despite our teasing, some fans even wrote in to praise Gary's book and say, "I'm just reminding you, Howard. I bought Gary's book years ago, mostly because it was on the clearance rack. I had no idea I would relate to him so much. The stories about his mother and his brother." Made me appreciate Gary so much more. My theory on the whole vinyl thing is that it simply reminds Gary of a simpler time in his life. I love you, Gary. So uh, despite all our goofing and shitting on Gary's book. <laughs> uh, I, don't mind the, I, I don't mind the goofing at all, but there is more to the It's not a book of complete lists, but yes, thank you. Would you ever consider writing a book of just lists? I, I, want I wanted to. Just yeah. lists. Yeah. Uh, don't laugh. My, so, so for some reason, I'm obsessed with this whole list thing. I'm not even joking around. And there's two books called The Book of Rock Lists and The Book of More Rock Lists that I used to read all the time. And when I started pitching the book, right, that, that this book was, I was pitching this like Baba Booey's book of musical lists. And my book agent goes, yeah, nobody gives a shit about that. What's your story? <laughs> right. Yeah, smart book agent. the greatest thing. What are they talking about? They missed the boat on that one. <laughs> but what about a list of all the better ways to spend your time than making lists? <laughs> like, number one, staring at the wall. And so on and so on. Number two, like, showering. Number three, breathing. I mean, <laughs> or, we could, or we could make a list of things that we all started to do that we got bored with, like photography, playing chess, riding a bike, owning horses, that kind of stuff. All right. But why would I make a list of that, Gary? Why would you have to make a list of that? Well, you were just I know you're trying to put me down, do. but why are you? Why are you? No, I'm why just are saying you? that everybody yeah, has their I, own I, fun. I take an interest. Your fun is making lists. I have lots of what, what list are you working on now? Are there lists in your head like musicians have music? No, no, it's not. It's actually, yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing lists on the ceiling while I sleep, Robin, and the lists are moving around. Right. <laughs> You're not awesome. working on That's a list a right now. No, no. Uh, this was an interesting email. 
I'm reading Gary's book right now after yesterday's discussion. This is the worst thing to ever happen to me. And it's signed Mary Clayton, of, uh, <laughs> uh, who uh, recorded Give Me Shelter, lost her legs and, uh, and, and then lost her baby uh, and singing. Yes, yes. Uh, here's one. Gary is the Dave Chappelle of lists. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Gary. Top of the heap. Yeah. Hey, Howard, does Gary ever make work-related lists, or is he too lazy for that? All the time. <laughs> oh, you know, Constantly this, making those. You know me. I got, I, I got right here. I got some stuff on uh, notes I just wrote during the show, things I want to do today. You right. Know, the, uh, a variety of different things. Yeah, there's a list. What's on All right. list? <laughs> I wonder what's on that list. And boy, I'd love to know. Uh, here's Gary Puppet. Are you making a list? I'm compiling a new list. The top 10 ways to waste time. Number oh. one, writing lists. <laughs> oh, wait a second. I just found a list, a real list, Howard. If you oh, go ahead. Okay. This was a list I made last week for the wrap up show when Robin said there was no good music made in the 80s. So I made a list. Oh, you're going to get it now. Okay, here you go. <laughs> okay, Tom Petty, Tom Petty right. Bruce Springsteen, Prince, U2, Aerosmith, Dire Straits, Talking Heads, The Cars, The Clash, and Metallica. I so agree with list. that list. Okay. When Robin said, made, you're you're not, right, Gary. I'm wrong. It's right here. That's right. <laughs> See? Good list. Immediately a list came out. It is. Right. I, I am I like the list. I'm crazy. <laughs> Top ten uh. ways to waste time. Number two, talk about <laughs> writing lists. Number three, <laughs> defending my lists. I will come up with more. Well, Gary has sort of a really has built a niche with lists i don't know yeah. anyone else who has that I'm kind of expertise i'm telling you there's a book in there yeah yes, i'd be happy to write so. it too you're mocking me but if i were offered to write <laughs> no. a book of lists i'd be all about it and you can make <laughs> right. fun of it all you want <laughs> number four listing my lists man in Vermont what are the talk. best records to listen to on vinyl oh don't please i don't want to know <laughs> i mean oh, you know depends please, on what i mean you. mostly Mostly stuff from the seventies, Robin. When it, when vinyl got good, you know, when it was in stereo, and I don't know, mostly or stuff from the seventies. Good, good answer. Thank you. Technology was <laughs> Or could have been the nineties when they went back to uh, the regular old way of just doing it live in the room. I'm just shocked that uh, anyone is interested in Gary's lists. Matt, go ahead. You're on in Vermont. Hey now, Howard. Um, I got a great money-making idea for Sirius here. You know how, like, when somebody passes away, Deep Track goes away and it's dedicated to the whole artist? What if Deep Deep Track became nothing but Gary's playlist and Gary could DJ it and then we just get the list of things that remind him of working in Record Town and we, like, spend an hour in Gary's mind? What do you think? Uh, I, do I think I wouldn't listen to that. I really would not. I don't want to hear what Gary's... I don't, I'm, this, this I'm not a big fan of Gary's list. I don't power. care. Sorry, what? Best songs to listen to while riding in a Chevy Impala. Best songs to listen to when you play them over a CB radio microphone. All right. Thank you, Matt. Oh, anyway, there it is. There's Gary. A lot of uh, controversy about um, the next Jeopardy host. What's the going audience, on? The audience loved the debate about the next possible host of Jeopardy. Many listeners had their own suggestions. Howard, the ideal Jeopardy host would be Jeff Probst. The dude has already hosted Rock and Roll Jeopardy and knows his way around the game. No. Um, I love Jeff, but he doesn't have the gravitas, I don't think. Really? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Come on. He hosts Survivor. People like him. He's, I know. He's a reasonable, uh, and he's he's got a, a good look. No, I think that's not a bad suggestion, actually. Although, really? Hey, Gary, uh, did you say did you say on the wrap-up show the other day that somehow I have beef with uh, Jeff Probst? Because I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Or did you even say that? Somebody said it. No. I, I mean, hold on a second. I got it. What's he doing? I don't know. I'm, I can hear you, though. Sorry. Sounds like his Zoom crapped out. No, no, no. I'm good. All right. Um... No, I think not, not that you have beef with Jeff, but I think Jeff was um, was crushed when you were goofing on him a couple of weeks ago. I goofed on Jeff. Yeah, when he was crushed when when we went to his house to watch Survivor, 
and yeah. you were goofing on him about like who would invite somebody over to watch their own TV show, even though it was fun and everything. He loves you, and it's not like he's going to kill himself no. or anything. But I think he was kind of bummed about it. But there's no beef. He loves you. I mean, we've I'm talked sticking about with my since. story. I love Jeff too. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good guy. But uh, get over yourself. What do you come on over? He was on the wrap up show, and he was he was saying that he was talking about how that really winged him. Really? Shit. Oh, wow. That's kind of a bummer. You asked. Well, now yeah, you're no, saying right. he could be the host of Jeopardy. He's got to be all over. Fuck him. I'm a, yeah, I can't be the host of Jeopardy. I'm taking <laughs> By the way, when, when I was on Rock and Roll Jeopardy, he was the host. And he's a great he Yes, a great he was. Host. Yeah. That's what he's I was saying. Job. I'm saying I think he would be a reasonable uh, host for uh, Jeopardy. I think that Rock and Roll Jeopardy was a little lighter. I don't know about him being. I don't know. In, yeah, know. but Jeff has, Jeff has, you know what he has? He's got that, uh, that like kind of sarcastic gene that would work well. Because I, I think he'd be the way good. He handles, he handles but, the contestants. Uh, so he doesn't take any mm -hmm. shit, but he's still mm -hmm. compassionate. I guess I'm voted off the island. I guess I'm not going to get invited <laughs> to the house to watch uh, Survivor. You can't watch Survivor at Jeff's yeah. house. I didn't know he was that sensitive. He just was a little bummed. He's not like, like I said, he loves you. All right. Let's see. Howard, I think Michelle Obama would make an excellent host. Even more than George Stephanopoulos. I don't agree with that. No. I'm a Michelle Obama fan. Don't get me wrong, but uh, she's not a she's not Jeopardy's an announcer. not for her. No. Uh, the show could use a strong female to fill Alex Trebek's shoes. Well, then let Robin do it. Give us He's a been name. On. Give us hey, a there name. There you go. Right there. Robin Quivers. What's the problem? Well, I have proposed myself once or twice, but really, I don't want the job. You don't? You wouldn't take that job? <laughs> no. You'd be good, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I love Jeopardy, but I don't want to do that. You don't want to host. All right, Robin's taking herself out of the run. Take my name off the list if you were thinking. Right. <laughs> Howard, William Shatner to host Jeopardy. Uh, or, better, or better yet, George Takei. What the hell? What are they thinking? All of my pronunciations would be correct. That's guacamole. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is guacamole. You said guacamole. That's wrong. I'm taking away a point. Taking away your it's, double jeopardy. It's tsunami. Yeah. You said tsunami. It's tsunami, so I have to take away a point. Musculature. Yeah. It's musculature. Tsunami. 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 You didn't pronounce the T, and I'm taking away points. Guacamole. Tsunami. Tsunami. Agua. Agua. You, you said agua. It is agua. 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 I, I have to take away agua. your points. Agua. <laughs> he would take away everyone's Guacamole. points. It wouldn't be fun. Oh, my God. They'd never get through a show. He'd be yeah. so busy Chateau correcting the pronunciation of words. You, Chateau you. Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you about a wine, Tokyo. and you said... Rothschild, it is not. It's Rochelle. And Chateau we're taking Rochelle. Away your point. Chateau Tokyo. Rochelle. Tokyo. You said, you said Tokyo. Tokyo. The answer is Tokyo. Tokyo. <laughs> he would be good. Tokyo. You know, you must be precise. I'm going to remind my contestants, you must be precise with your answers. And uh, what am I like? The Groucho Marx show where they only got to ask one question. Right, yeah. <laughs> he would be yelling. <laughs> you said um, Japanese internment camp. The answer is Japanese American internment camp. Uh, I have to take away points. It's voluminous. <laughs> you said voluminous. It's voluminous. It's voluminous. Lugubrious. <laughs> I like that suggestion now that I think and about it. And definitely not William Shatner. Tokyo. No. <laughs> oh, I got to take a break. Musculature. You're at. You, the question was, where do you get a blow job in Central Park? You said the ramble. You said the brambles. No, you said. I don't even remember what it was. You it's said the rambles. The rambles. And it's you the, said rambles. the rambles. So I have to take away points. <laughs> Oh I my gotta, uh, goodness! You've got such I think a. I got to take clock. a break. Do I need to take a break here, or can I read the rest oh, of the I'm fan game. mail? A lot of people came down on me for my uh, 
critique of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame discussing the band Depeche Mode. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Depeche Mode is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Many in the audience were frustrated that I wasn't more aware of the band's music. Uh, Madison from Lithium, who uh, always says nice things about me, tweeted, I agree with Howard on most things, but dissing Depeche Mode? Come on, Howard. Sorry, honey. Oh. That's it. Finally, <laughs> Madison disagrees with you. Yeah. Thinks she knows better than me. That's a big mistake. And I did go back and listen to uh, your own personal Jesus. It is a good song, but I didn't yes. hear any other good song. Absolutely a good song. <laughs> Howard, how can you not know about Depeche Mode? I love everything about you, but your taste in music blows. <laughs> Isn't that silly? Uh, there would not be a Nine Inch Nails without Depeche Mode. That's bullshit. I don't know why, Howard. I know the electronic music. Please, go fuck yourself. I think Trent Reznor would have been a force in music. I don't know why Howard has to always shit on bands from the 80s. That's not true. He bashed The Cure last year. Why does he think he knows everything about music? I don't know. I just have an opinion. I'm giving you an opinion. Don't get all emotional. Jesus. And by the way, a lot of people did agree with me. I agree with you, Howard. Depeche Mode does not belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They had one hit. They don't have a catalog. Howard, talking about Depeche Mode this morning was the most convincing argument I've ever heard. They shouldn't be in the hall. I couldn't agree with you more. And finally, Howard is right. Depeche Mode was not good. All right. There you go. It's not even that they're not good. I didn't, I, I mean, they didn't have an impact on me. I, I missed the, I didn't, I, I mean... I was a disc jockey during their time of creativity. I mean, what are you talking about? You know, the one thing you missed, you know, you said that guy shouldn't be running around shirtless. Iggy Pop shouldn't be doing it either. Well, listen, I don't know what he said. Listen, when he was a young guy, all right, but uh, he's sticking with that shirtless <laughs> thing. and He's an older gentleman now. I Woo. happen to agree with you. <laughs> I missed most of what he said, staring at what was going on under that jacket. Yeah. He, but he, he, that's his thing, He's man. He's shirtless. He's shirtless. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck what we think. I want to thank Gardein. Gardein looks, cooks, it satisfies like meat. Gardein. And it's terrific. And their newest foods include five delicious plant based soups, perfect for a cold Ooh. night. I got to get into that. I'm, soup, I'm, I'm, it's the time for soup, yeah. I'm craving soup. Visit Gardein.com today. Gardein, I love you. You're the best. Um, I eat it all the time. Their meat, their chicken, no no animals are killed. It's all plant-based, and it tastes perfect. Uh, back in a flash. Chelsea Handler, I haven't seen her in a while. Her special evolution is airing now on HBO Max. You hear Chelsea on Sirius XM Netflix. They have a Netflix is a job. Uh, Oh, you're looking well. Look at you. Happy Veterans Day, guys. Wow. Are you having someone come in professionally and doing your hair during quarantine? Because, uh... No. Good morning, Robin. How are you? I'm very good, and thank you for saluting the vets. Oh, well, well I wanted to salute Howard. That was the quickest way to do it. <laughs> Robin is a vet, by the way. As oh, know, I Chelsea. forgot about that. I forgot That's about right. that. Good morning to you too, Howard. It's nice to see you. Oh, it's good seeing you. I mean, what what is this room you're in? I'm I'm fascinated. Is this your Zoom room in a sense? It's a very intellectual room, Chelsea. You're it, her whole Did room. Did you set it up to look that way? <laughs> yes. Is this intent? I'm thinking of getting a room like this so people will treat me in a more serious manner. These are there's probably thousands of books. The room you're in. And I would imagine this is to indicate that you've read these books and that there is a certain intelligence that comes with these uh, books. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, yes. you are correct. This is my bedroom. <laughs> if I turn it over here, you could see my bed. See that? Oh, this is wow. just my This is just my bedroom. But there are a lot of books because I read a lot of books because I'm not a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. Being a moron is kind of in vogue right now. So uh, you're is. going against it's the trend. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. What, Just trying to what, not get into that little river of dumbness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chelsea, no TV in that room? Is it strictly um, no, no, book reading? Let's be there reasonable. Is. Of course, there's a TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, it's up. It, comes, you, it descends from the ceiling. I can't tell you how good you look. Have you done something? I mean, I mean, not that you, you're always attractive, but I'm saying there seems to be an aura of peacefulness about you. I'm looking at you. 
Uh, you well, look, I did, I did meditate frankly, this beautiful. morning when I got you up did. at around 4.30 a.m. to do this show at 5.45. I got up at 4.30. I meditated for 20 minutes. Then I got up. I put a little bit of makeup on. I tried to curl my hair. That didn't work out. And then I gave up. Is there a beauty? You know, I was shocked in the special to learn that you actually shave in the shower like a man, like with a, well, you shave your yes. face. This is uh, yes, wild I shave to my me. face. Well, I don't shave it like a man. I have a, an eyebrow razor that I used to use for my eyebrows. And then slowly I said, well, what if I did this with the blonde little fuzzies I have on my the side of my cheekbones? And then once I did that, I was like, oh, it's a whole new world with smooth skin. It's like an exfoliant. So, yes, I do shave. I've turned on many of my girlfriends. They also now shave, too. And if somebody has a hairy face, I'll tell them and say, hey, listen, there are ways out there to get rid of the hair on your face. And this is one of them. And I tell them about the eyebrow razors that I buy at CVS. I've always heard that if a woman shaves her face, you like these little blonde hairs, as you say, that what it is, is it grows in thicker. And before you know it, you'll have an actual beard. This is <laughs> well, now, a, maybe that's a fallacy. And you're a man. I so see. you don't know what you're talking about. We're talking about women's <laughs> facial hair. It doesn't come back thicker. You take it off. And when you reach, reach a certain age, which Howard and Robin, I, Robin, you may can relate to the, me on this. I'm 45 now. So I'm in decline. OK, everything's fa- falling apart. <laughs> I'm growing hair on my cheeks. My eyelashes have stopped growing on one eye. One eye is completely bald. I have really? orthotics that I put in my shoes now. So, yeah. So basically, either I'm transitioning into a man without anyone having told me, <laughs> or I'm in decline and I need to land the plane soon. You were always honest about this. What about sexual desire? Because I think what you're referring to is when you get, you know, when a woman's in her 40s, sometimes I read sexual desire is at its peak. And then sometimes I read it's like, you know what? Like all sexual desire is gone. And, and, yeah. and where are you at with this? Well, I mean, I'm not having any sex, so I can't really tell you. I mean, I would like to there. So the desire is there. I don't have a focus for my desire right now. Um, so it helps when you have somebody that you like that you're into. You know what I mean? When I have someone coming over later ha- tonight. So oh, maybe we'll do? see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't hey, met him yet. It's a first timer. Wait a second. You're in quarantine. I'm worried about you. Uh, you're going to have a guy that you sort of know, I guess. Mm. You've never had sex with him, but there's something romantic going on? Potentially. He's British. That's always a good sign for me. Where did you meet this guy? Online? Through a friend. No, but I'm not opposed to meeting people online. I'm on that, you know, uh, that dating app, Raya, that I used to hook up. But with COVID, it is tricky. So I have to have him come to my backyard. I have to suss out his, you know, his covid protocol and then have an honest conversation and probably nothing tonight we'll probably have to like be get tested if if we want to pursue it i had a guy come over the other night but then he told me he doesn't believe masks work so i couldn't have sex with him what an idiot (laughs) what an idiot i was like why don't you go home think about what you just said are you a scientist are you a doctor you don't think masks work why you fucking moron Get out of here and go think about what you said. And when you change your mind, come back and then maybe we can have sex. But obviously I can't have sex with anybody who said that sentence. Are you are the picking slim? I mean, I see you my through my eyes. You're a very attractive woman. You're bright. You own your own home. You know, I see you as a bit of a couch here. I'm a homeowner. You own your own home. I mean, honestly. (laughs) I have have my own two cars. Yeah, I mean, you've got money in the bank. You should put that on your profile. Is that on your profile? It is. It is. Homeowner and car owner is on my profile. I even looked up your net worth. I mean, who knows what it is. It says online $35 million. I see you as a woman, an independent woman, attractive. I mean, you got the whole package. And yet here you are alone. Here I am. Yep. Yeah, alone, lonely. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up, Howard, because I heard your interview with um, uh, Andrew Cuomo the other morning. The governor and, of New York. Uh, yeah, where he said, I, I had publicly said I had a crush on him, as you know. And he said, what, what did he say? He said he didn't want to spend. Oh, he said, if I can I live in California. So if I come to New York, he has to quarantine with me for two weeks. Instead of just having one night, he has to spend two weeks with me. That is the governor of New York's response to a public woman saying I have a crush on him. So, hey, first of all, know me less. I'm not trying to spend two fucking weeks with you either, buddy. Okay? That was a one-night offer. 
That was a one-night thing, and he's making – and by the way, that's not even how COVID works. If I go there and quarantine for two weeks, I'm not quarantining with him. I quarantine for two weeks, and then I see him. So that logic, for somebody who talks about COVID nonstop, he should know the rules a little bit better. And he should also be a little bit more generous when a public woman says, hey, I think you're cute. I'd like to go on a date with you. You know what he should have said? I should be so lucky. That's the only response that he should have given instead of saying, oh, Chelsea, she's so wild and crazy. We shouldn't make women feel because they're outspoken that they're wild or crazy. It's just it's diminishing. I got to tell you something. I, I, I agree with you in the sense that you you're right. I think for a woman who is famous, who has a career, who, who publicly says, you know what? I saw Andrew Cuomo on TV. And my goodness, he he's a guy I'd be interested in. That's a woman putting a lot on the line. You can be ridiculed for that. You know, right oh, away yeah, you're and like rejected. desperate and rejected. And rejected. But I, I, right. out, of the, out of the goodness of like, not out of the goodness of anything, just out of my own personal interest, I did put myself out there. That wasn't you easy. Did. I mean, it wasn't hard, obviously, because it's me and I don't really care about those things. But it is, it wasn't easy. It was a nice example to set for other women also. Like, hey, you guys, we can all do that a little bit more often. We can all be vocal about the men we're interested in. And what's the worst thing that could happen? He could say, oh, you know, I don't, I'm not interested. Who gives a shit? That's okay. Right. That doesn't affect who you are. So I, I want to say to women, like, let this be a lesson. Like, yes, it's okay. We can keep going. And also put yourself out there. Take a risk. It's fun to take risks. And it's even when you get rejected, it's like these men don't define us. I got to tell you something. I think you're right. And you're teaching me a lesson that, you know, if someone would be nice enough, I, I've never experienced someone saying they were attracted to me. So I'm, 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 I'm there's not, never I'm been not, a public crush on you. <laughs> no, no. Well, look at me. I mean, let's be, let's be upfront. No, I've, I've had no one. There's a lot of secret crushes. Girls have a lot of secret crushes for you. I, I know. I, they're keeping it a big secret. But I, uh, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, with, 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 you're right. If a woman is bold enough to say, you know what? I think you're attractive. I would like to go out with you. It seems to scare away guys. Totally, totally. Even Cuomo. I mean, think about him. This is a guy who handled the pandemic better than any other governor in the whole country, better than our president. And he's scared of me. He's like, oh, you know (laughs) know, what I mean? I have to admit. (laughs) You know, I have to come to Andrew's defense. I don't think he was saying what you say he was saying. I think he was simply saying you know, somebody from out of state, then they have to quarantine. And he would have felt obligated to sort of take care of you during that two weeks. No, and no, doesn't no, even no, no, like, no, that's not what he meant for a first date. Don't <laughs> defend him, Robin, because he should have been more gentlemanly about his response. And Howard, you said, oh, well, Chelsea's the type of girl that's going to go on TV or radio yes. and tell you everything. Uh, and that's I only did. true when I talk to you. Howard, that's only true when I talk to you, and that's because of the that those are because of the questions you ask. Right. And I would also <laughs> like to add to that to that notion: if you don't act like a fucking asshole, then I won't talk about you. I've had sex with plenty of famous and non-famous people that no one's ever heard about. So you shouldn't go in. Go, oh, Chelsea's going to talk about it. not if you're a dick. If you're not a dick, sorry, not if you're not a dick. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to respect you. I well, only make the, fun of people when they act badly, like Ted this Harper. This is what I was going to say. The problem for guys is we don't know if we're assholes or not. So right. if you judge it, you see, the fear with you, and if you're Andrew Cuomo, who I, I really adore the guy the same way you do, because he's a guy too. who I, really I, took I, I charge. I did, and I do. Right. <laughs> but, but, uh, but really... What what you're saying is, and, 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 you know, I think Andrew is probably thinking, gee, if she does, if we end up together, and let's say I'm one of, but really, what, what you're saying is, and, 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 you know, I think Andrew is probably thinking, gee, if she does, if we end up together, and let's say I'm one of those guys that Chelsea decides I'm an asshole or a dick, then I might be publicly ridiculed, you know, and that's the danger. That was my point. That's the danger in being with a Chelsea Handler because uh, I understand, but I understand what you're saying. And your point is valid because I have done that in the past. But I would like to say that I am on a I'm 45 years old. I'm a grown woman now. I know better and I do better. And that's not really, you know, I'm not really down for that. I'm not really down for publicly humiliating people that I've had sex with anymore. (laughs) 
Believe me. <laughs> You've given that up. Believe me. <laughs> no I'm glad. more, Robin. No I'm, more. I'm happy you're scaring men away. It's safer. You're not going to get COVID. It's good. Believe me. Who needs yeah, you with I anyone? Know, I know. I know. Who needs yeah. me? I'm better off alone anyway. It's best, best this way. Chelsea, give us a list of all of the famous men you had sex with but have never <laughs> talked about and because they were good guys. Go ahead. That, that would be phenomenal. I can't do it, Howard. I can't do it. Not after That's I just good. said that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How, how unfortunate. Can you imagine the book you could write? If You know, like even if uh, it's just like five guys, I've, if the name of the book is five guys I've had sex with that you have no idea. And then you go into the whole thing. Yeah, but that, yeah, no, that, yeah, it's not that interesting, quite frankly. I don't find it that interesting. And if I don't find it that interesting, it's hard to make it interesting for other people. You know what I mean? But if you had sex with famous guys who like you, again, I'm not asking for names, but like a really famous guy and you kind of go, oh my God, this is it. You know, you have such a crush because you've seen this person, you have built up a fantasy about this person. And then nine times out of 10, I would guess. It's a disappointment. It's like, oh, yeah, I never, yes. I, I never should have yeah. met this person. Yeah. The most disappointing thing I think as a woman who, uh, you know, uh, with, with men is the lack of the, their lack, uh, when a man is really, uh, self-conscious or insecure is hard, is hard to see that you're like, oh, I didn't realize you're just a human being. And now, you know, now I do realize everybody has that. I have that too. I can be insecure and I can be self-conscious and not sure of myself. But it is a hard thing to watch somebody else work through as a first impression. <laughs> but what is the insecurity, Chelsea? Is it because, listen, you're very famous, you're successful, you're a, you're a, you're a, a comic. It, do they compare their, is it, is it a career, um, struggle for them like oh she makes more money than me no and... no 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 that doesn't i mean listen i've never gotten that far down the road with anybody that i've had casual sex with about that but i've definitely noticed you know like one guy i hung out with a few times and he came over and we watched like two episodes of a show he was on and i was like uh <laughs> really i'm not into this oh, oh, like oh, oh. at all i'm not gonna right. come over and make you watch my hbo max stand-up special together <laughs> we're not doing that you know what i mean oh my god yes I, I you know talk about a classic blunder you talk about dopey moves if i'm into you you think i'm gonna come over and say hey let's listen to my radio show as far as i know my wife has never even listened to my radio show i wouldn't even i, I wouldn't you know i don't it, that's the classic blunder a guy could make. That is insecurity. It's like when Dr. Phil used to bring his wife to work and she sat in the front row, remember, in the Dr. Phil oh, show? Yeah. Robin, you remember that. Yeah. And she would sit there with him. It's like, what, what is she at? Why is she at work with you? What, what is yeah, that yeah, about? Go home. Like, doesn't she <laughs> have anything to do? Can you do? imagine if Beth was just sitting behind you? <laughs> oh, my God. It's just unbelievable. But this bedroom I'm going to light yours. this joint, okay, guys? Go ahead. What do you smoke, by the way? Because you're out in uh, California. That's all legal stuff. Um, Everything's legal here. What What is your choice of uh, pot? Like, do you actually go to the place and pick out what you want, or do, or do do they no. send it over to you? And what do you do? How do you get it? Um, Brandon, my assistant, goes and gets me deliveries. Usually I take edibles, but I really like joints. The only problem with joints is that they're not great for your throat. You know what I mean? If you overdo it, you can cough and get that kind of like... <clears throat> where you're clearing your throat all the time. Um, but I like edibles. I like, it helps me sleep. Listen, like, especially these, these last two weeks, you know, like the election ended and I still couldn't, I was relieved, but I had no joy. I couldn't celebrate because I felt like I was a kidnap. Like my kidnapper had left me. He had, my captor had left me at the dock and my parents <laughs> were coming to pick me up, but they're not here yet. Right. <laughs> like I see their car, but I'm not positive that they're coming and I'm going to get in it. But with the pot, you know, more, I'm so jealous in a way watching you light up because the thing I loved about pot was the the whole communal aspect of it and also the ritual of it. The 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 rolling of the joints, the smoking of the joints, sharing them with friends. The part I hated was the high. It just made me paranoid. And and, <laughs> and it did. It was a nightmare. And I and I stopped years ago. But isn't smoking a joint the same as smoking a cigarette in that you're also fucking up your lungs? 
Yeah, you are. You are. It's not. I wouldn't recommend it. Listen, I'm not going to tell young girls or young or anybody, old girls or young girls to smoke because it isn't a good habit. Ingesting anything into your lungs is dangerous. So uh, I would err on the side of that. They have those cannabis drinks now, which are awesome. They have edibles. You can microdose like with you, Howard. I know you have an issue with with uh, pot, but like now microdosing is like two and a half milligrams. Like you can have one of those cannabis drinks. They have two milligrams of CBD and two of THC. And uh, I sent Ellen DeGeneres a case of them the other day because she was talking to me about her anxiety when I was on her show on air. So it's OK to mention. Right. <laughs> I'm not telling on somebody again. Um, and she she said Portia really likes them, but she doesn't like them. But anybody who has really high anxiety, these drinks are good because they have more. The CBD is seems a little bit more prominent than the THC. If you're not but looking you- for that psychoactive element. But- so if I micro 